0: All right, so just to make today, um, keep everyone on their toes if, in case you aren't already on your toes. And um, we have extra pieces of paper in your bulletin. Uh, so uh, you should have a pretty map in your bulletin. Um, kids, um, this is going to be cool. You can actually follow along the passage and, and trace around um, on the map. We continue our series in Nehemiah. We're in chapter 3. If you need a Bible, um, there's some back on the connect cart with a bookmark in it. And so you can grab one there. The passage is also um, printed on page 7 in your bulletin. And uh, so uh, you can just peek at that chapter and um, have a clue of some of the adventure that I'm before right now. 81 Hebrew names. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is the word of the Lord. It truly is. All of it is. Let us give it our full attention. Nehemiah chapter 3. Then Elisha, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priest, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated as far as the tower of the hundred, as far as the tower of Hananel. And next to him, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zakar, uh, son of Im- Imri, built. The son of Hananiah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts and its bars. And next to them, Meramoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hexas, repaired. And next to them, Meshulam, the son of Baruchai, the son of Meshezebel repaired. And next to them, Zadok, the son of Bene, repaired. And next to them, the Tekoites repaired. But their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. Jodah, the son of Pesai, and Mishulam, the son of Bezotu, repaired the gate of uh, Yeshana. They laid its beams and set its bars, its bolts, its doors, its bolts and its bars. And next to them, repaired uh, Melotii, the Gibeonite, and uh, Jadon, uh, the Meronite, the men of Gide- Gibeon and Mizpah, the seat of the governor of the province beyond the river. Next to them, uh, Uzel, the son of Herah goldsmiths repaired. Next to him, Haniah, one of the perfumers, repaired, and they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, uh, Refnah, the son of Hur, ruler of the half-district of Jerusalem, repaired. Next to them, uh, Jediah, the son of Harumaph, repaired opposite his house. And next to him, Hatush, the son of Hashabalnel repaired, and Makadjah, the son of Haram, and Hashab, the son of Pathet uh, Moab, repaired another section of the tower of the ovens. Next to him Shalom, the son of Halahesh, ruler of the half district of Jerusalem, repaired, he and his daughters. Hanun and the inhabitants of Zana repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and set its bar, its doors, its bolts and its bars and repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the dung gate. Makajah, the son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth, repaired the dung gate. They rebuilt it and set its doors, its bolts and its bars. And Shalom, the son of Kohazah, ruler of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He rebuilt it and covered it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. He, and he built the wall of the pool of Shalah to the king's, of the king's garden. As far as the stairs, that go down from the city of David. After him, Nehemiah, the son of Azbach, ruler of the half district of Bethzur, repaired to a point opposite the tombs of David, as far as the artificial pool and as far as the house of the mighty men. After him, the Levites repaired. Rahum the son of Benai, next to him, Hashabah, ruler of the half-district of Kelah, repaired for his district. After him, their brothers repaired. Benai the son of Hendad, ruler of the half-district of Kelah. Next to him, Ezer, the son of Jeshu, ruler of Mizpah, repaired another section opposite the ascent to the armory at the buttress. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabay, zealously repaired another section from the buttress to the door of the house of Elishab, the high priest. After him, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hexaz, repaired another section from the door of the house of Elisha to the end of the house of Elisha. After him the priest, the men of the surrounding area repaired. After them Benjamin, the Hushdeh had, repaired opposite their house. After them um, Azariah, the son of Messiah, the son of Ananiah, repaired beside his own house. After him Benu the son of Henadad repaired another section from the house of Azariah to the buttress and to the corner. Palal, the son of Uzeh, uh, repaired opposite the buttress and the tower projecting from the upper house of the king at the court of the guard. After him, uh, Pandaya, the son of Parash and the temple servants living on Ophel repaired to the point opposite the water gate to the east and the projecting tower. After him, the Tekoites repaired another section opposite the great projecting tower as far as the wall of Ophel. Above the horse gate, the priests repaired, each one opposite his own house. After them, uh, Zadok, the son of Emmer, repaired opposite his own house. After him, uh, Shemaniah, the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the East gate repaired after him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah, the Hunan, the sixth son of Zalaf repaired another section after him, uh, Mekulam, the son of Berukai repaired opposite his chamber after him, Malchajah, one of the goldsmiths repaired as far as the house of the temple servants and of the merchants opposite the muster gate to the upper chamber of the corner. And between the upper chamber of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants repaired. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we don't understand all the Bible. Some of it's foreign to us. But you put it here for a purpose. This is your holy word. Lord, help me. Make it clear. Help them as they understand by your Holy Spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hopefully you're able to follow that map as it went in counterclockwise from the top all the way around. And so kids, I challenge you. um, If you want to find the names of each of those places and write the little verse number um, around on your map during the service, you're welcome to. See if you can get it all and come show it to me afterwards. All right, so I I expect all of you believe 2 Timothy 3 16 and 17, which says, All scripture, all of it, is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness to the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I know you believe that. Does that include Nehemiah chapter 3? It absolutely does. So our task is to figure out how it does. Now, this is useful because. One, one of the reasons our church preaches straight through books is it forces guys like me to read chapters like this because we would never do this otherwise. You find this in your own devotions, don't you? If you're reading through a book, you get to a chapter. and You're like, what do I do with this? Hope you have a good study Bible. They often give you some hints at the bottom. But that's our task is to figure out how a chapter with 41 groups, 81 names. How is it helpful? If you look on the back of your map, you see the outline. Uh, Three points, the strength of servant leadership, the strength of teamwork, the strength of repairing opposite your house, beginning with the first, the strength of servant leadership. So these 41 groups mentioned in this chapter, this is not just a group of blue collar workers, right? Normally who's doing the construction work. I'm just guessing it's not the high priest just going on a limb here, right? Look at the list. Look in verse one. You've got the high priest and the priest. This isn't all hands on deck. You see, Nehemiah had casted a vision, and it caught everyone's imagination. Everyone was on board. And so they're all putting their hands to this good work. You know, it's just some highlights of verse 8. We see goldsmiths, perfumers. I'm guessing the perfumers were not usually out there, you know, moving big stones. But here they are. Verse 9, rulers. So we got rulers of Jerusalem, many other rulers. Listen here, verse 17, you got Levites. Verse 26, temple servants. Verse 32, the merchants. We've pretty much covered all of the cross-section of culture here. Now, what did, what did Nehemiah say to capture? So some of you weren't here before, and so I've got to catch you up to speed. We've been preaching through Nehemiah these recent weeks. Uh, if you were to look at chapter 2, um, he, this is when he cast the vision. I want to read to you his two verses. Um, this is how he cast this vision. This is Nehemiah 2, 17, 18. He said, then he said to them, you see the trouble that we are in? He didn't say you. He said, we've got a problem. You see the trouble that we are in? How Jerusalem lies in ruins, its gates are burned. Come let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. derision. He acknowledged the elephant in the room, he acknowledged the situation, and he said, let's do this together. And then he said, and I told them, of the hand of my God had been upon me for good, and also the words of the king had spoken to me. And they said this, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. So why didn't he just leave it there and just skip to chapter 4? Think about that. He said, they, doesn't they include all those people? Why do we need to name all those people? What difference does it make that we know who was repairing the dung gate? Why? Why? I think it's because it proves his point. He shows that everyone is in on this. He shows the division of labor all the way around. Now, you might have noticed that in there, you saw the name Nehemiah. And so you're thinking, hey, look, I know Nehemiah. Well, if you were to look at chapter 1, it says that Nehemiah, our Nehemiah that wrote the book, is the son of Hechaliah. If you look in verse 16 of this passage, it says he's the son of somebody else. Right? He's the son of Asbad, half ruler of the district of Bezur. So they don't line up. Well, just like there's more than one Sarah probably in the room, there's also more than one Nehemiah. And so these are different guys. Okay, so now we realize Nehemiah's is not even in the chapter. What we see here is that Nehemiah does not have aspirations to make a great name for himself. He accounts for all the work everyone is doing and leaves who out? Himself. I think it's noteworthy. You see, he's a, ser- a servant leader. He wasn't afraid. He left the king's palace. Remember, he was cupbearer to the king, taking drinks to the king, and now he's here rebuilding this wall with all these people, and he doesn't even take any credit for it. He's ever heard of a guy named Nebuchadnezzar? Kids, you probably know him, right? The, the um, fiery furnace, right? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. So Nehemiah and Nebuchadnezzar, same uh, first letter, very different people. Nebuchadnezzar said this, this is Daniel chapter 4. He says, Nebuchadnezzar was walking on the roof of the royal palace in Babylon, and the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built by my mighty power as a royal resident for the glory of my majesty? You know what? I doubt Nehemiah put one brick in that, in that building. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, right? My, what I built here. Yeah, right. Right. Right? But he's claiming all the credit. How different Nehemiah is. He takes zero credit and acknowledges all the little people. Right? 41. I mean, it's cool. You got your name in scripture if you're one of these 41 people. Right? He, he's not aspiring to greatness. I also love how honest the Bible is. Look at verse 5. Well, not everybody was on board. The Tekoites repaired, but their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. I'll probably play on words here, right? Is it talking about the Lord or the Lord being like the master being Nehemiah? Probably both, right? You rebel against the earthly authorities. You're really are rebelling against God. Okay, so the Tekoite nobles, they were too proud. But basically everyone else wasn't. Again, this just points um, to the greater Nehemiah. In, later in Scripture, we have Jesus. Was Jesus a servant leader? Did he take all the credit? Did he take the highest position? No. I mean, his whole ministry, you could think of countless examples. One that stands out is when he washed his disciples' feet, right? The lowest of the servant's job. Jesus was a servant leader. Nehemiah was a servant leader. We too should be servant leaders. Over the past two years since we launched, I've seen many of you be servant leaders, right? You will do any menial task and any unseen task. I'm so grateful. You guys are a great picture of servant leadership. It's the beauty of a church plan, right? There's plenty of menial work to do, and you've done it. We see this in Nehemiah. Okay, so in addition to seeing people from every social status, they're all working as one. That brings us to our second point. The strength of teamwork. Kids, I got another task for you. So see how many times you can find, you could circle it maybe, where it says next to him. Look for the word next. It's over and over again. Next to him, next to him, next to him right? What it's saying is he's showing, and so you looked on the map, Jews would have known the geography. We don't, so I gave you a map, but you basically see it's important not just to build a wall, but one with no holes in it, How <laughs> much protection if you got a gap between, you know, well, hey, my property ends here. You know, you need to build it to here. Well, no, my property ends over there, right? So they had to actually work together, so there has to be no holes in the wall and that's part of the reason i imagine that that nehemiah counted and he just goes geography all the way around verse 1 and 32 because what what gate is it in both at the beginning and the end the sheep gate he's gone all a full loop we're all the way back to the sheep gate comes all the way around they had to work together they had to have a shared vision who they get the shared vision from nehemiah he cast a vision to all of them, and they said, hey, we are going to do this together. There is power when people get together and they have a single mind, a single desire to do something. You've probably all heard of the 80-20 rule. I know Andy knows it because his company is named after that. 80% of the work is done by 20%, right? Not so here. But you have everybody from the, the highest to the lowest. All working together. Now notice who else is repairing. Look at verse 12. Uh, a good verse for the Foxworths and the Francis's and a number of other families. We somehow seem to attract families with lots of daughters. Uh, look at verse 12. So it says <clears throat> at the end, it says he repaired it with his daughters. Now in the fifth the, um, century BC, uh, ladies were not construction workers, right? This would have been very, very strange and very surprising to the reader. Not only do we have the highest, but we have people doing it as a family. And it's a family thing. Kids, you can do this. There are many, many jobs that your parents do here at the at, at church in the home that you can be a part of. God uses kids too. It's not just adults. We see here even daughters are working with them. You also see people that aren't even from Jerusalem. Right, look at verse two. You have men of Jericho because they see we're Jews. See, not all of you are from Cane Bay, right? But you can still get a hold of the vision that we have. Now, this past week, I watched uh, the movie uh, The Boys in the Boat. If any of you have seen that, Uh, my wife and I went on a date, and we really enjoyed it. And it's the story of the 1936 um, eight-man rowing team. And uh, just how each man has his own um, oar, but they move in unison as if they're one. And if they don't, it doesn't go well. Right? And so this is a picture of this. Here's 41 groups of people all working together. Right? If you've ever been a manager and, and had a big job, it's tough to get all the people to work together. And here you've got people that have nothing in common, right? from the highest to lowest. They could fight and argue, but no, they seem to be working together. They're working as one. This is obviously very important. Look at verse 20. You might see that if you have the printed text, I put it in brackets there. Uh, It's interesting, ESV uh, left out the word zealously, but it puts a footnote. If you actually have your paper Bible, footnote at the bottom, it says uh, some manuscripts say vigorously worked. I think this is cool. You have 41 people, 41 groups, and one of them, it says the guy zealously worked. NIV says this, New American Standard, which is kind of the gold standard for a literal translation, says zealously. I think it's cool. Zeal? Zeal? I think it it pays off, right? And so when you have somebody, and anyone that's led a team, you've got someone who's zealously working. I think it's commendable. Do you zealously do the work of God? Kids, do you zealously do your chores, right? It's not just getting them done, but do you actually put your heart in it? I think this guy gives us a great example, Baruch, or Baruch, however you pronounce it. Okay, so our third and final point is this. And this is my favorite. So if you fell asleep, come back to me. The strength of repairing opposite your house. Kids, I got another task for you. See how many times, maybe you could underline if you circled the other. See how many times you can find opposite his house, beside his own house, opposite his chamber. I found six. See how many you can find. Why does he tell us this? Think about this strategy. I think it's brilliant. So he has people building right outside where they live right? Who's most committed to the wall right outside your house? You are, right? And so each person is building beside their own house. The view out your kitchen window, you don't really want a big gap in the wall, right? You want it to be safe where you live. And so they're all building right opposite their own house. Um, Flip over to the front of your bulletin, and I I want to share with you our vision as a church, if you aren't familiar with it. It's on the front cover. At Hope Community Church, our vision is to experience the full life that's found in Christ alone. And to help many others experience the same in every neighborhood of Cane Bay, Charleston, and around the world to the glory of God alone. So our vision is over time, we have a few missional communities now, which is our small groups. We want to see those multiply and plant them in every neighborhood of Cane Bay. That's part of our vision. How might we do this? Why, Why isn't it more strategic to, like, if we do grow as a church, to, like, throw really big things and all come as a big crowd? We're much more impressive that way. I think it's far less strategic. What we see in Nehemiah is 41 small groups of people working on one little section. I think the best person to reach the person opposite your house is you. The person who's best equipped to reach your neighbor is you. Do you see that in this chapter? Over six times, opposite their house, they built a wall. Now I know it's hard because we don't have a physical problem in Cane Bay. All the houses <clears throat> just got built; they look good on the outside. If you ha- have any problems on the inside, that's another story. But um, but we look good. Okay, they had a very physical problem: broken down wall, broken down gates. We have a spiritual problem. If you go and look at the lives and the families in Cane Bay. Is there substance abuse? Are there broken marriages? Are there hard times happening? Is there depression? Is there su- suicide thoughts? All kind of stuff. Right? There's all kind of hardships. You just can't see them. Go ask Kelly Billman, wherever she is, and ask her about the schools. Go ask any school administrator. There she is. So she's a school nurse in the middle school. Ask how many fights there are. Ask how many problems there are. Where do you think those are coming from? Well, sure, they're the kids are all sinners. Yes, we know that. It's also coming from their homes right? It's coming out in the schools. We have problems in Cane Bay. They are not physical. They are spiritual. Who is the best person to reach those families? It's you. If you don't live in Cane Bay, wherever you live, this is the principle. It's part of our vision. And it's here in chapter three. This is a help of this chapter. Yes, it was painful, all those names, but I think something we see is a division of labor. That's part of my hope for us is that you guys would catch the same vision. And many of you do a vision to reach the people opposite your own house. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said this, Matthew nine, he said, he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He turned his disciples and he said, you know what he said? Do you remember what he said? He sees these crowds, he had compassion on them. They need help. He turns them and he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out laborers into his harvest field. And Jesus sent them out two by two. Even the disciples didn't go out as a whole group. He sent out two by two to go. They separated. They went out. That is God's vision. It's Jesus' vision. Do you have compassion for the house opposite yours? The people right beside you. You will not act if you do not love. You must love, you must have compassion. And then you walk across the street. And in time, it is probably the most profound way. Did you know the early church, this is even my notes. Do you know in the early church, the way the church exploded, it's not in scripture so you don't realize. If you look at historians, it was mainly like ladies at the laundry. Read the historians. It was people that just gossiped about Jesus of Nazareth. He's changed my life and my family. And the church has exploded. If you read the history books of the early church, it was not the primary growth. Yes, you do. There were, the preachers did a great job, but it was the people that their lives were changed. Is your life being changed by the gospel? And do your neighbors know about it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we trust you. You put this here for a purpose. Lord, I pray. It could have had our names there, and our neighborhoods, but it didn't. It's a bunch of Hebrew names of places we've never been and people we don't know. But Lord, I pray that we would continue to see you raise up people from our church and those who are visiting, may they go back. And I pray that you would give them a little of this vision, a vision for opposite their house, that they would have compassion and love, love that would get them out their front door And that they would rebuild the wall. Something only you can do. Lord, we we want to work with you. For indeed, it would all be in vain unless the Lord builds a house. Lord, you must do the work. We delight to partner with you for what you have already planned to do. Please help us, Lord. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.